Lakers. <laughs> the Lakers, yes. I, I'm going to put him here. Um, I mean, it's LeBron. It's AD. <sighs> if everyone could follow, do your thing. It could happen. It could happen. Hello and welcome to the Tuesday, October 18th edition of the TV on Basketball Podcast with your host, TV. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Thank you for clicking on to watch or listen to today's episode. Before we start, I do have to plug my other platforms. Remember to follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Sharp on your podcast and for other great content. If you're on YouTube, remember to like, share, subscribe. Also, hit the notification bell so you will not miss an episode. For my podcast listeners, remember to subscribe and leave a review if you're on Apple. And for Spotify, Anchor, or Podbean listeners, just continue to show your support in any way possible. I highly, highly appreciate it. And man, the time has come. We are, at least by the time you listen to this, tonight is the start of a new NBA season. And I'm so excited to talk about this. And yes, I've been doing previews for the past couple weeks and honestly it's almost been two weeks since i did the last episode so yeah i'm back for sure but before we even go to this new season i do want to talk about some more stuff um pertaining to the nba before we absolutely tip off which is tonight which is absolutely gonna be absolutely fantastic in this episode we're gonna be talking about some contract extensions which just that were just announced over the past few days I'm going to be going through my NBA contender tiers. I don't want to talk about each team again. It's going to just be a drag. So I'm going to be talking about basically how I'm going to tier um, the contenders in each conference. And then finally, I'm going to make my bold prediction for the NBA Finals and who's going to win, who's going to win Finals MVP. That's what I'm going to end today's episode with. So if you want to check, if you don't want to miss it, listen to the whole episode. It's going to be really, really great. I appreciate all of you for sticking with me. Haven't been posting on the social medias that much. Just been a super, super busy last two weeks. But man, I had to get on here to talk before the NBA season starts. So yeah, super excited about that. And if you have been following my Instagram and stuff like that, you would seen I would have I would have been on a show the night prior. So thank you for looking for that. If you do see me, well, yeah, we have a lot to talk about on the show. I know I rambled a lot, or rambled for a bit there. Let's get right into it, because man, some crazy contract extensions happen, and there's gonna be some huge implications, especially when we're talking about these first two players, because man, we were there was a discussion with the Golden State Warriors. Will they break the bank? Are they going to go even deeper into the luxury tax? And the answer is yes. <laughs> they absolutely will go even deeper to the luxury tax because they have re-signed Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins. Let's start off with Jordan Poole first. A four-year, $140 million dollar contract with with incentives. This is not the this is only the full amount if all the incentives are met, but it's a base $123 million, $123 million guaranteed contract. And then you have Andrew Wiggins, four years, $103 million. In my opinion, kind of a steal. Kind of a discount from Andrew Wiggins, but they re-signed him as well. And man, the Golden State Warriors are like, look, we have a young team. We still have people like Kaminga, Wiseman, Moody, all on rookie contracts. Hopefully the... And I think they're also hoping that the salary cap goes up after the new TV deal is signed. So they're, keep, they're locking up Jordan Poole. Locking up Andrew Wiggins, continuing with the semi youth movement that they have over there, and man, they they looked at these two guys as obviously key contributors to a championship, and also going forward just because they're very very young, and they locked them up, and I think this is the right move they have to do. I mean, coming into the season, I think it's going to be Kaminga's third 
maybe second. I think this is third season coming. Um, yeah, third season coming into this season, or second. I think this is no, no. This is this is his second season. Yeah, this is coming a second season going in here. James Wiseman's third season. Same thing with Moses Moody. Moody his second season. So you have some guys you're gonna have to maybe pay a bit down the line, especially if you want to keep the dynasty going. But good things you got two guys locked up already. We knew this was probably gonna happen. We knew with all this talent that they had here, they're gonna be like we were. We were expecting, you know, the, the Golden State Warriors are gonna have to make some tough, tough decisions. And honestly, after that whole like little mishap with um, Jordan Poole and Draymond Green, which really I didn't even get to talk about, I really should have talked about it on my TikTok, but I didn't. Um, I think it made the decision a little bit easier. Maybe not just because of Draymond's attitude. I'm not gonna say that because the Warriors have been able to deal with it for the past decade or so, but. Seeing what they have in Jordan Poole, especially with the amount, like especially with how young he is and how we've seen him grow into the player he is, he is a fantastic shot creator, great three point shooter, one of the best free throw line shooters in the league, um, and also Andrew Wiggins, his ability to just be able to knock down shots and be an excellent defender for that team. Again, both of them at such a young age, compared to Draymond, who yes, his contract is going to be. If he opts out, it's going to be out at the end of this year. If he decides to opt into a $27 million contract in the next season, um, he's, of course, going to stay for another season. But when you have him and and Clay basically going to be off the books this season and next season, maybe both of them next season, you knew that the youth movement is going to... You knew that the Warriors are going to be a bit smart with their money and keep the guys that they know they're going to be more effective longer. And that's not to say that Clay is still going to be a good player. Same thing with Dream on Green. But you're gonna be, you're gonna feel a lot more comfortable giving a a, a mid twenty year old and Andrew Wiggins a four year contract and a early twenty twenties player and Jordan Poole compared to what by the end of the con by the end of um the contract of both Clay and Draymond they're both gonna be thirty four, so the money was um smartly was gonna be going to the younger players and the Warriors made that decision. The crazy part about the Golden State Warriors right now though is coming into the season. They already had like a four hundred million plus dollar luxury tax bill. With these new contracts taking into effect next season, they're gonna be over five hundred million dollars, close to six hundred million if Draymond Green decides to resign. So that's a lot of money. It is a lot of money being tied up into this team. I mean, the backcourt in and of itself of Steph, Clay, and Jordan Poole. They're getting paid almost a combined total of $120 million, $20 million in 2023, which sounds absolutely ridiculous. But the Warriors know in order to make these championship runs, in order to stay um, contenders, you're going to have to pay some money. And they decide to go to youth route, and I 100% agree with it. The question is really, will Draymond Green be a part of this? We're not, we're not sure yet. I think that there's a possibility that he does opt into that $27 million contract. With the with the Golden State Warriors, but if he wants to stay longer, even long term, if he wants to be that lifetime warrior along with Steph and probably Clay, he's gonna have to take a discount. He a hundred percent is gonna have to take a discount on that. And yes, he again, he's still gonna be one of the most like important players on the team, especially on the defensive end, being a defensive leader. But there's a reason like why there was like hesitation to begin with. Um, when you get older, it's just going to get a lot harder for you to produce at the exact same level as he has done his entire career. It's just like, you know, it's just like how it goes. You run your cycle in the league. Of course, Steph is going to get the money. He's still one of the best players in the league. But Draymond, a lot's going to determine. It's going to depend on what happens this season. If he's still like that same Draymond, yes, he's going to get the money, this and that. But if he doesn't, 
then there's going to be less leverage on him and to getting the contract he wants. Will he sign or not? I'm not sure. It, it there this really does feel like 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 the the pathway is open for him leaving the franchise. But we'll never know until we get to next season. But in terms of this season, they have all their guys back. I think after, even after that dream that Draymond Jordan Poole incident, I think that'll just bond together more. I think they're going to move past that. And now that they have all these guys signed, less speculation up in the air. I think the Warriors are going to have another great season. I'm excited to see what they're going to be able to do. I think they did a really good job making sure that these contracts were dealt with. Yes, they're paying a lot of money, but I think if the Warriors are willing to do it, I mean, they, they know the books better than I do. If they're willing to do it, and and they got the okay from the organization, the ownership, whatever, go for it. And they're going to 100% be like, you know, continue to be title contenders for this season. Hopefully now with these guys like locked up, they can continue to be title contenders for seasons going forward. Two more contracts I do want to talk about. One of them being a Canadian guy getting a, a his rookie extension. Brandon Clark with the Memphis Grizzlies, four years, $52 million. And legitimately, I think this is going to be a steal of a contract. 100%. Um... Brandon Clark is kind of like he's kind of built in the same mold as a Montrezl Harrell maybe not as much as like a six-man type you know get a bucket type scorer but in terms of offensive rebounding in terms of just putting the ball back in the basket when he gets to rebound Brandon Clark is that guy and we've seen him in, in that Minnesota Timberwolves series where he had a couple of 2010 games an 18 and 11 game if I believe if I remember correctly we know that when it is his time to kind of step up to the plate when they need a, a bit more from him he is able to step up to that task and, and, you know, rise to the occasion. And that's going to happen even more this season because, yeah, Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be out for, uh, you know, uh, part of the season once again earlier on. So not having Jaron Jackson on Jr. on the court, you're going to have to um, you're going to have to get a bit more from Brendan Clark, who presumably will be added to the starting lineup. So if you can give, you know, maybe like as a starter he'll probably average like a 15 and 8 or sort of thing if you can get that type of production from Brandon Clark and him be like uh, your reliable bench piece going forward I think this is going to be a really good contract and again the TV deal is approaching that's going to have to be extended Brandon Clark is going to Brandon Clark's contract is going to look even smaller after that TV deal is signed so I think it's an absolute steal of a contract it's like 13 mil a year or something like that which is absolutely crazy happy for him and I think it's going to be like he's going to be a nice part of that young core moving forward in Memphis obviously with Jaw, Triple J I don't know if Dylan Brooks is dated long term I hope he does um, and of course the rest of the team Desmond Bain as well so he's going to be really really good I think he's going to be you know that's solidified bench piece there kind of the bench the bench mob leader Excited for Brandon Clark to see what he's going to be able to do this season and do with the Grizzlies moving forward. And another contract I do want to talk about that just got re-signed. Nas Little of the Portland Trailblazers re-signs a four-year, $28 million contract. And honestly, not much thought on that. I think that Nas Little has, is someone that can provide meaningful rotation minutes going forward. You know, potentially, you know, getting some starting minutes here and there and all that. He has had some injury issues in his career so far. That's why I think the the amount that he's getting is a little bit lower than probably what we thought he was going to get a, a couple years ago. But he's locked down for this team. It's not a lot of money whatsoever. So even if he doesn't turn out to be, you know, a reliable rotation piece, you're not giving him too much money. It's like seven mil a year. So I think it's a good contract to have for the Golden State Warriors. You're going to need these defensive wings who could, you know, potentially shoot the ball kind of athletic like a nods little. So I think him being returned to the team, again, someone who can solidify their bench, um, 
some just more um, wing depth. Really, really good. I think it's a nice contract that the Blazers got him for. Glad that he is able to return. So yeah, those are the contract extensions I want to talk about. Let me know what you guys think. Do you think some of the contract extensions for the Warriors were overpays? I don't think so. I mean, the pool thing is very similar to Tyler Heroes, and I think that they're about the same level, so I think that's fine. And then I think a lot of these other ones, I mean, Wiggins, Little, and Clark, fair contracts, or even at some point, maybe a little bit underpaid. So let me know what your thoughts on are on these contract extensions below. Let's move on to the next topic, and this is where we're going to be talking about the NBA contender tiers. I was really dilly-dallying back and forth as to how, like, how many tiers I want this, and ultimately, I've come for six tiers. These are the six tiers I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the East and then the West first, but here are the six tiers I'm going to be going with. At the very bottom, we have Brick for Vic. <laughs> I think there's going to be like a lot more of these guys at near the end of the season, but at this very moment, Brick for Vic are those players, are those teams that are like, they're literally going nowhere. Winning them, winning doesn't do them any good. Just completely tanked the season away. These guys have just like no shot, no shot whatsoever. I think like a zero percent chance, maybe zero point one percent, but those are the zero zero percent chances. The tier above them, we have fun way to lose. I think these are young teams who are going to be lottery teams for sure. Potentially like worst teams in the league, but they're going to be a fun team to watch. And they're going to lose a lot of games, but I think they're still going to be really fun to watch. One of those definitely like good league pass teams, but definitely still part of the lottery. Moving up, we're going to be going to no days off. These are the teams that are not going to really make noise in the playoffs, but when you face them, it's not going to be an easy game whatsoever. I think they're going to they're going to provide a lot of scares for these top teams. I mean, there might be some random Wednesday night, and these teams like pull up an upset against the uh, Clippers or a Warriors or a Bucks and sort of that. You can't you can't sleep on them. That's basically what this whole tier is about. The tier above that, I have one or two years away. These are teams who I think are going to make the playoffs, and I think. Um, are not no no pushovers whatsoever, but I think they're gonna have to wait a couple years before they're gonna be in that contender contender status. Maybe because they're young teams, or maybe it just will take some time for that team to gel. But these guys, I just would say, are kind of a year or two away. Just more development with the team. Just keep these teams together, and they'll be better on you know a year or two from now. The next year above that is if, it, if all falls right. Now these teams are the ones who are you know you can make a real case that they're going to be contenders this year but i don't think they're the same like the top top um tier talent as the guys i'm going to be talking about afterwards but if all falls right you know these teams can take full advantage of it and they're going to, they can be able to make a finals run or potentially an eastern conference finals run it just has to all fall their way and i think that could definitely be a possibility with these teams and at the top tier the tier one teams are just true the true contenders the teams where you feel like throughout the entire season when it comes to the playoffs, you just know that they're going to be able to fight, and they're going to be are going to be like one of those teams where you can really make a true like a hundred percent. You can make a case for that they can be, be able to win the championship. Like like each of these teams, you could definitely see them winning. And then we're going to go basically from bottom to top again. I'm going to start with the East right now. Let's get into it. Firstly, let's go for Brick for Vic. I think there's really just one team in the East that has to that's going to go with the Brick for Vic. That's in the Brick for Vic tier, and that's the Indiana Pacers. Tyrese Halliburton will be a fun player to watch. I'm excited to see what Benedict Matherin does this season. But, 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 but. I I look at this team, and I'm just like, you're going to have to trade Buddy Heald at some point. You're going to have to trade um, Miles Turner at some point. I really don't think that this team is going to pull off a lot of wins. If many wins like whatsoever. This is a not a very good team. Again, I think... 
Tyrese Halliburton on his own is going to make this a fun team to watch, but they're not going to make any noise. Honestly, once they like trade away again, Heald and Turner, they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Plain simple. I mean, Duarte is going to get some points. Again, I said Benedict Matherin. Hopefully, we see some you know production from Isaiah Jackson, Jalen Smith, and all that. But this team is nowhere near to like nowhere near playoff contention, and they pro- purposely probably want to lose in order to you know as the t- as the tiers suggest, break for Vic. They want to have a chance at Victor Wembanyama for sure. That's why they're at the bottom tier. Fun way to lose. There's a two. I think there's two teams in the East here that they're young. I think they're gonna be like a lot of people are gonna have their eyes on them because of the young star talent they have. But they're clearly lottery teams, and there's nothing like they're not really gonna put a true scare on the contenders. And that's the Charlotte Hornets and the Orlando Magic. Let's start with the Charlotte Hornets first. I mean, Melo Ball is gonna miss the first few weeks of the season, so the Hornets are gonna are basically in that brick for Vic tier without Melo Ball. But if he is playing. He's going to be a fun team to watch. He's a highlight reel all on his own. Yes, there's a lot of question marks with the t- with the players around him. No Miles Bridges. And, you know, good. good. He's just not on that team anymore. He's not in the league. But besides him, I mean, I guess you're going to get some, like, fun moments from Terry Rozier. Dennis Smith Jr. might take up some starting minutes while Lamelo's out. It's an okay team, but they're going to need, like, a year just to rebuild, retool. Just so you know, like, who's going to be, like, with them going forward. But as long as Lamelo Ball's on the court, I think they're going to be a fun team. I'm excited what they're going to do this season and just see how good Lamelo is going to be because there's not much help around him. There's no good center play, honestly, even this season, and that was like their biggest issue last season. But I think because of their youth, there, I'm excited to see and just Lamelo Ball on his own. He's going to be enough to be in that fun, fun way to lose category. And of course, the Orlando Magic. Um, this Orlando Magic team having Paolo Banquero here is going to make this team extremely, extremely fun to watch. Again, I don't think their roster is going to scare anyone, but there are a lot of nice young talented pieces on this team, and Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, RJ Hampton, Caleb Houston, I want to see what he's able to do. Of course, Bancaro. I don't even know if Jonathan Isaac is... <laughs> I don't know what's happening with Jonathan Isaac. But you still have players like, you know, Franz Wagner, Wendell Carter, Mo Bamba, Bull Bull to see if he gets any minutes. There's a lot of just interesting pieces on this team, and I think yes, they're going to lose a lot of games, but I think they're going to be a fun watch. I think that's going to be again one of those league pass teams which I'm going to be keeping my eye on when I when I have league pass this season. So I think the Magic are going to be a fun team to watch just to, oh, just to see like how the number one pick is going to um, be able to lead this team. Now we're going to move on to the no days off um, tier, and there are honestly I think more teams than I expected here for the for the Eastern Conference. And I think the most surprising team I'm going to put here is the Detroit Pistons. I do believe that they are a, t- a tier above fun way to lose. Yes, they have a lot of young pieces in Sadiq Bay, Kate Cunningham, Isaiah Stewart, even like their new draftees in um, Jalen Duran and Jaden Ivey. But they have made some moves to bring in some veterans to this team in Nerlens Noel, um, Alec Burks. They've also brought in Boyan Bogdanovich. I think they're for real. Not not for real, but I think they're gonna like put a, like a scare on on some of these um, top teams, especially with head coach Dwayne Casey. You know he's gonna have them ready for each game. Yes, Marvin Bagley also is gonna miss the start of the season. He's part of that young core as well. But I think they're gonna actually like put some scare on a few teams, and they're gonna be again a fun team to watch just to see how, just a way to see how these guys are able to grow. And if K can take the next step to be kind of that number one option, that twenty plus point per game score, eight assists, seven rebound type guy. You know, he's going to be a legit leader, and I think that he, there are going to be some games where you see the Pistons like knock off a Celtics or a 76ers and stuff like that. I think it's going to be a fun team to watch, and also they might make some noise. They could be a sneaky playing team for sure. We have the Wizards as well. 
mostly because of their top two guys and Bradley Beal and Porzingis. These are two technically all-stars on this team. They both have made all-star teams before. And they have a solid, um, you know, supporting cast with, um, you know, Rui Hachimura, Monte Morris, Will Barton. And just to see the rest of the team again with Kyle Kuzma and stuff like that. I think that this is a solid team. They can vie, they can vie for a playing spot, but nothing more than that. I think that just, just their talent alone can like help them compete, and you can't really have a rest day against the Wizards. But I still think that a lot they're gonna lose a lot of games, and yeah, they might put maybe put up a fight against some of the tougher teams. But I think at the end of the day, this, those tough teams are just on a whole another level as seen on this list. So yeah, the Wizards they can seek it to a playing spot, maybe win one playing game, but I just don't think it's gonna get past that. Next team, the New York Knicks. Again, there's just way too many spots out here in the East. And I think the Knicks are a solid team. I do like what they did this offseason, re-signing Mitchell Robinson, bringing in a Jalen Brunson um, to solidify that point guard position. And honestly, the rest of the roster with Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, bringing in Isaiah Harnstein, which, I again, another good pickup I like. Getting back Derrick Rose, having players like Emmanuel Quickly, Evan Fournier on that team. It's a solid, solid team. It just sucks that the East is just completely loaded this year. And I still think that that talent is still like a tier below a lot of the a lot of the other teams in the East. Um, but again, it's not gonna be a, it's gonna be a, not gonna be an easy game against the New York Knicks. They're gonna be scrappy. They're gonna have a good defensive identity. At least they're gonna try with Tom Thibodeau over there. They're a good team. I just think that they again just compared to the rest of the East, their talent is just not there. It just isn't, and that's why I have them in the no days off tier. Next up, the Chicago Bulls. And this is mostly due to the fact I just don't know, like, we just don't know what's going to happen with Lonzo Ball. Yet they have two all-stars, technically three. You have Nikola Vucevic there as well. Um, Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan might be, like, it's a good chance that they're good enough to take him to the, um, to the playoffs, but... Again, a lot of teams above them. I do. It's just like hard for me to see them finishing above them, even if they have to play a playing game. Maybe that's probably their best chance. But I just think that their talent is not there. And losing Lonzo Ball, losing your best distributor, one of your your probably your best perimeter defender. He just means so much to this team. And again, one of their better better rebounders as well. I think that's going to be such a huge loss. We don't know when he's going to come back. That's why I think with his situation up the year, I'm going to put him in the no days off. They could definitely still win like near 45 games. And again, I think still think that's a stretch. But it's not going to be an easy game versus the Bulls. Yes, their defense might be a little bit <laughs> iffy. But the Bulls are still a good team. I'm excited to see um, what they're going to be able to do this year. Of course, I just love watching DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine. Hopefully, a fully healthy season from him. But they're in the no days off tier for sure. A year or two away for the Eastern Conference. You have three teams that are very, very young. And I think... They need some time to be established before they can make a like, true, true noise in the East. But, you know, these guys can also surprise some people as well and maybe, like, take that jump early. We have the Cavs, the Raps, and the Hawks. I'm going to start off with my Raptors. I think they have one of the best coaches in the league, obviously, Nick Nurse. And what I love about this team is just them bringing everyone back together and kind of improving their bench with, like, nice little pieces here with, like, a Juancho Hernan Gomez, a Otto Porter, like, those type of players, I think they're going to be nice additions to the team and provide some meaningful minutes. But I think that they're still a couple years away. They need some development from Scotty Barnes. Some of the young guys as well, like um, OG Ananobi, um, Precious Achua. Hopefully, they can continue to grow. Maybe they can take that leap next year. Honestly, they could even finish as like a top five seed. But when in terms of just playoff contention, I just don't think they're there yet. If they go up against like any of the, the teams above them, I would be... 
a bit more confident that they're gonna that they're gonna lose. Maybe against one team, they might make the shock. But I think the Raptors are just kind of young right now. But they could surprise a lot of teams for sure. Um, they're no, they're not gonna be no pushover in any playoff series. So I think the Raptors are kind of in this tier a year or two away. Same thing with the Atlanta Hawks. Yes, they brought on DeJounte Murray and they mortgage a lot of their future, giving up three unprotected first-round picks. But I do think Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, they're both like in their mid-20s. I still think they got a couple years left together before they reach their peak-peak powers. And then you have like some like young guys on that team with um, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, um, Onyeka Kongu as well. You have these guys... Yes, they're really good, and they could honestly make a surprising, you know, run to the Eastern Conference Finals of all things, you know, fall their way. But I do think that I just give a lot more faith in the teams above them, making some noise more than the Atlanta Hawks. Again, if <laughs> in most years, you know, this team would be potentially a top four seed, but with how deep the East is right now, it's going to be hard for them to even make the eight seed, which is really, really crazy, but it just is a testament to how much talent there is in the league, how much talent there is in this conference. I'm excited to see what they're going to be able to do, but they're still kind of maybe a year or two away. Hopefully, you can like wait for these other teams to get older, and you can like really pounce on that, but just not right now for the Atlanta Hawks. Next, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um... I I know what Donovan Mitchell can give, and I, it's great that they have like that star star player on that team. But I think like another year with Mobley, Garland, and Allen, along with Mitchell together, honestly, wait till next year. That's when they're gonna make honestly a ton a ton of noise. This year, I'm gonna just as Kobe Altman said in the preseason, hold your brakes. This is not a break make a break year for us. I just want to see how the team you know gels together. I kind of see it that way too. They can surprise a lot of teams once again. You know, I, I'm going to make this argument if, you know, things, you know, go ahead of schedule. But if just look at the schedule right now, they're kind of a year or two away. Let them develop together. They're all basically on long-term contracts. See if they work. And then afterwards, they can really make some more. potentially be a finals contender in maybe a two or three years. But I just don't think this season is it yet. Might be. Very, very slight chance. But again, I just trust a bit more. Like, there's just a bit more you know, boom potential with the teams above them. Now let's move to if all things fall right. And we're going to talk, and in this category, I have three teams again, the 76ers, the Heat, and the Nets. The Nets, I'm going to talk about them first because they are the most volatile team on this list. If all falls right, what I basically mean is if KD and Kyrie are at their best playing a good chunk of the games, if Ben Simmons returns to his Defensive Player of the Year candidate form, and is a very, very just good player, All-NBA player once again. And if, you know, Joe Harris can come back a bit healthier, sitting with Seth Curry, they get their minutes. I believe that they have the pieces, they have the talent to make it to the NBA Finals. Now, are you going to be able to trust all those pieces? Probably not. That's why I think that although the Nets are technically like near title contenders, you have the Cavs. You have the Raptors, and I believe the Hawks, if they all face them in a playoff series, they could potentially win. <laughs> they could potentially win. And it's not because of their talent. It's just like this team, like, you just have too many question marks, whether it's injuries to, again, Joe Harris and Seth Curry. They're not going to be able to, they're not going to be available at the start of the season. Ben Simmons, we haven't seen him play in like 15, 16 months. How is he going to look? Kyrie, <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen throughout the season with him. KD, injury issues as well. There's just so many question marks on this team, and I just don't think. There's just like there's too much to rely on. But if all falls right, if all these things you know come together, they're a really good team. They can win a title. 
just on the talent alone. That's why I have them on this list. But honestly, in the year or two away tier, all of these guys can have a better chance than the, the Nets if, you know, if things start falling apart. They could beat them on a, in a seven-game series. But I think in terms of boom potential, the Nets have the talent to make it all the way. Do I trust it? Probably not. But they have the potential too. The Miami Heat. I'm going to put them here. I'm not going to put them in trapped contenders because they lost. P.J. Tucker, I think that's going to be a big piece that they, they're losing. But we still have to give them respect. Jimmy Butler is still on this team. They got Kyle Lowry. Hopefully, he's better and more healthier this year. Bam Adebayo. Hopefully, can become a defensive player of the year candidate this year as well. The Heat always seem to find like these like these gems that no one has ever heard of. And they play meaningful minutes on this team, whether it's in the regular season or in the playoffs. So, I do trust their player development. And I also just think that the that Eric Spolster, one of the best coaches in the league, are going to put him into position to win a lot of games and also and there'll be a chance to go further into the playoffs 100%. I think that there's still a lot of talent on this team, and I'm excited to see what they're able to do. And with, like, the leader they have and just, like, kind of the other guys being able to bind to the system and to the heat culture, that's the one time I'm going to say in this episode. But if all falls right, injuries kind of go their way, and if Jimmy Butler can have another, like, god-tier playoff run, which we've seen him in multiple years have done it now, they have a chance. They have a chance. But it's again, and it has to all fall right. I still think that the top, like, especially the true contenders in this East, in the East, I think there are like a, there are, um, a, like a tier above. That's why I have this tier list. But yeah, the Heat, I'm going to have them in all falls right. But you got to show them some love. You got to show them some love for sure. And then the 76ers. I would 100% put them in, in true contenders. But the reason I have them basically at the top of, of all falls right is I just do not trust their injuries. James Harden, Joel Embiid, their two best players on this team, have had a, especially over the last few years, a history of injury problems. And sometimes, you know, it's the reoccurring stuff, but sometimes they're just super unlucky. Really. I mean, last year, Joel Embiid, like, it got a freaking, like, a facial fracture in Game 6 in a blowout win versus the, the Toronto Raptors, and he gets, like, a facial fracture. Like... This is like it, it just. This is just a 76er thing. It's just like, just things like when it starts finally going on the up, it just, it kind of just gets slapped back into reality. And I want them to make it further. I want them to like MB to be in this first Eastern Conference Finals, but there's always that one or two things that are just, just like unfortunate circumstances that are like pulling them away from it. Unfortunately, but yeah, the 76ers. I still think you know they are very very close to that true contender status. If they're healthy, if their players stay up. I would put them there, but there's just too many doubts, especially with the injury issues with that team, and also Doc Rivers in the playoffs this, these last few times, you know, kind of choked it up, but I have him in the fall falls right, probably at the top of that tier. And then the two contenders, plain and simple, you have the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. Yes, the Celtics are dealing with the Emi Doka problem. I think it's going to have, honestly, little impact on their team. I think that there's still going to be good vibes with that team. You can have another, you know, full year of Jason Tatum of development, Jalen Brown. You still have Marcus Smart on that team. And the addition of Malcolm Brogdon is fantastic. I think that that team is still going to win a lot of games and be a true threat in the East. We just got to hope that Robert Williams comes back healthy and is a great comp- contributor to that team. Because honestly, the loss of him in these next, in these first, like, 12 weeks or so, I think they're going to miss that more than they're going to miss o- Udoka. Yes, Udoka really turned their season around last season, but I still think that this team like really knows like the the goal for the goal for the season. And I think they're going to still come together and play really, really well. But Robert Williams is going to be that anchor of that defense. As much as Marcus Smart won Defensive Player of the Year last year, 
Robert Williams is going to be their most important defender, their rim presence, their lob threat. He's extremely important, and he needs to be back healthy. He needs to be back healthy, and if they really want to win a championship, he needs to be back. Bring him in a bit slowly, but as long as he's like fully healthy for the playoffs, this is a true contender in the East, 100%. The Milwaukee Bucks, too. I mean, you have Giannis. Middleton, as well, is going to miss maybe the first three, four weeks of the season. But as long as everyone's healthy, and especially their big three of Drew Holiday, Giannis, and Chris Middleton, they're going to be contenders. I mean, I think they've won like 73, 72% of the games where all three of those guys are playing. That's a lot of games. (laughs) That is a lot of games. And then they also still have Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, solid, solid bench players around them. And and of course, a really good coach and coach Bud. Whenever you have the best player on the court, like in the league, you're going to have a chance. And then you have a great supporting cast along with him. Yeah, the Bucks are still contenders. There's not much rule you have to go with there. As long as they have this core together and as long as they're playing at this still an elite level, they're contenders. And I, st- and I truly believe they have a chance to win the East once again this year. So, yeah, those are the tiers I have in the East. Let me know down below what you agree or disagree. Let us move swiftly over to the West because these these this um, list is a bit more sporadic. Let's move on to the bottom tier of the West. We're going to go for Brick for Vic. And there's three teams for me <laughs> that are going to be at the Brick for Vic status. One, the Utah Jazz. Literally, no one's going to watch them this year. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's going to be fun to watch Colin Sexton, Laurie Markkinen get 20-plus points a game. I don't trust it. They're not going to be a fun team to watch. I have them probably near the bottom of the West. Give me the Spurs next. Um, their best players come Johnson and Devin Vassell. I'm not going to be watching the Spurs. Sorry, Pop. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be watching the Spurs. But it would be fun to see if they can get Wembanyama next season. That would be very, very fun. And the OKC Thunder. Um, if if Chet was there, if Chet was there, I would put him in the tier above. But now that he's not there, it's basically the same team as last year. Maybe you added a, full, a, a couple of Jalen Williams to that team. But, you know, they might still be fun. You know, with Shea, Giddy, Lou Dort, who got a new contract. But... At the end of the day, it's still the same team as last year. They're probably going to miss some games, too, with, like, minor injuries that they're going to, you know, prolong just so maybe they have a chance of getting Victor Wambanyama, too. But Brick for Vic, those are the three teams. No one's going to, like, honestly, after the the first two weeks, no one's going to be talking about them. Maybe OKC gets it to another one of those, you know, crazy game-winning endings that they did last year against the Pelicans. But, you know, Shea is going to put up good numbers. Giddy hopefully takes the next step in in his growth. But again, no Chet. I'm not going to be too interested in watching this, this team play on a daily basis. This will be only one team in the fun-to-lose category here. And for me, it's just the Houston Rockets. You got Shengun finally getting more minutes now that Christian Wood is no longer in the, ro- in, in the lineup. You have Jalen Green. You got the number three pick in Jabari Smith. You re-signed Kevin Porter Jr. Actually, I didn't even talk about that earlier. He signed a four-year $82 million contract. You know, there's still a lot of question marks with him. But if they think that he's their point guard of the future, good for them. But... I think that the Houston Rockets are just going to be a fun team to watch. You have, again, players also in Josh Christopher coming off their bench. The guys, they still have to get rid of Eric Gordon for sure. But you have a lot of these guys, a lot of fun guys, going to be a lot of like gritty, gritty wins. Even someone like Atari Eason, I think that he can provide some good minutes for them as well. I think they're going to lose a lot of games, but I think that they're going to be just a fun team to watch, hopefully, especially if Joe and Green like gets the green light all season long, averages near 23, 24 points a game. You're going to be wanting to watch like some of the Jalen Green explosions. That's why I th- have him in this tier. Fun way to lose. Moving on to no days off. I've got two teams here. I have the Portland Trailblazers and the Sacramento Kings. I'm going to start with the Kings because I think that 
yes, the kings are the kings, and they're going to probably king it up. If you've watched this, this podcast long enough, you know what that means. They're just going to disappoint every year. But looking at their roster, Demanda Sabonis, De'Aaron Fox, hopefully he's healthy this year. Um, you brought him Malik Monk. You have, um, you know, the number four pick in Keegan Murray. And just some nice, you know, rotational pieces in Terrence Davis, Kevin Herter, who I think is going to play a big role this year, Davion Mitchell off the bench, Harrison Barnes is still a solid player, Rashawn Holmes. There's a lot of solid players on this team. And you know, if things fall right for them, they could be a playing team. That's as much as I'm going to go with them for the Sacramento Kings. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think, it, think it's going to be like a tough matchup versus the Kings. Not even joking here. Um, Sabonis and Fox are really good players. And especially if Fox can like return to his, you know, you know, get back and like on his like trajectory of being like an all-star point guard. He's going to be a fun, t- it's going to be a fun team to watch. And I think they're going to not like, they, they shouldn't be taken lightly. Do I think they're going to make the playoffs or not? I wouldn't bet on it. But I still think that there's going to be like one of those teams where you're like, yeah, they're going to take a, you know, they might take a game off the Clippers or the Suns or the Warriors one night, that type of thing. So yeah, the Kings, I have them in no days off. Along with the Portland Trailblazers. And for me, this is like just one of the hardest teams to predict. I don't know how Damian Lloyd's going to bounce back from his injury. But I think he does have a better roster than he did last season. Now they have Josh Hart. They have Jeremy Grant as new additions. Gary Payton, unfortunately, he's going to miss the first couple weeks of the season as well. They re-signed Anthony Simons, so hopefully he could take the next step. Hopefully we get to see some nice, you know, some nice um, flashes from Shade and Sharp as well. Their first-round pick. I mentioned earlier they re-signed Nas Little to that team. I think it's going to be a fun team to watch. And I think if it really, you know, if things like really click for this team, they can be a playoff team. But there's just, again, too many question marks. I don't know if Dame is going to be able to carry this team, especially with how loaded the West is, um, to a playoff spot. But you can't doubt them. I mean, I'm not going to... If if um, you told me that... Put a gun to... Like, if do I... If, you know, the Blazers do have a chance to make it to the playoffs. I, if you, like, if you make that argument that they could be, like, the 8th, 7th, or even 6th seed, I, I would believe you. But it just would take a lot for the other teams to kind of be pushed down. But... Whoever they face, Damian Lord is still one of the best point guards in the league. Whoever they're going to face, they're going to have a hard time having to deal with that. So, again, that's why they go into the no days off category. I'm excited to see how they're going to be able to do this season. Hopefully, Dame can get back to his form and potentially lead this team to a playoff spot because that would be honestly be really, really good for them. Next tier, we have a year or two away. And these are the teams where I feel like a couple years from now, these guys are going to be running the West soon, but they just have to wait for these. Again, the older teams to kind of just move down a little bit. We have the Pelicans, the Timberwolves, and the Grizzlies. And once again, this has nothing to do with regular season record. It is just, for me, their chances in winning the championship. Let's start with the Pelicans. The question, biggest question mark is if like how good Zion Williamson is going to be. I, actually, it's not even how good Zion Williamson is going to be. When he's on the court, he's going to be a beast. If he can stay healthy, that is the biggest, biggest question. Because last year, honestly, them like putting up a fight against the Suns was really, really fun to watch. Add Zion to that, people maybe are just like overrating them too much. We're going to be like, oh, they're 100% going to make the conference finals now. They're not. They're not. Probably not. But I think that in a couple years from now, you have these guys signed to a long-term contract. I think the Pelicans could be like one of those teams that are going to 100% make some noise this season. Especially with Zion, Brandon Ingram's on that team. CJ McCollum, who they trade for, so that's just a big three on its own. Then you still have players like Jackson Hayes, Jose Alvarado, um, some other good players on the team. Devontae Graham, a nice little bench piece for them. Um, Dyson Jan Daniels, who's a draft pick there as well. Herb Jones, who I think is going to get some all-defensive boats this year. Solid backups and um, 
Larry Nance, and of course they have Joe's Valjean starting at center. It's a solid, solid roster. Again, the West is very, very deep, so it's going to be extremely tough for them. But if they, you know, fall into a fifth, fourth seed, I could see it. Um, I just don't think they're ready for a deep playoff run just yet. That's why they're in a year or two away category. Moving on, the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I was very, very close to going for if all goes right, but then I really looked ahead, took a look at this team and be like, and I'm thinking about it, and I was like, again, a year or two away. They're a year or two away. Second place last year, 56 wins, was a big, big jump that, honestly, I don't think anyone saw coming. But what this really proved to us is that John Moran is that guy. He's going to be one of the best point guards in the league for the, for the next decade. But they still have to do with some injury issues. I mean, John Moran has always, like, nagging injury issues. That's going to happen throughout the season. They're going to be missing Jared Jackson because of his foot injury in the beginning of it. But they still have a solid roster around them with Desmond Bain, Zara Williams. Um, of course, I mentioned Brandon Clark, who just caused contract extension. They still have Steven Adams. I think it's a really, really solid team. And they can really range anywhere from, like, 2 to 7. Or even, like, who knows, they could even win a one seed who, who really does know with this team. But... I do think, um, yeah, this Memphis Grizzlies team, they're gonna make they're gonna make a lot of noise. But I just think that in terms of playoff aspirations, again, again, a year or two away. They're a super young team, so they have the time. But I just don't think that this year is their time yet. Then we have the, the Timberwolves, and this is a team a lot of people again are high on, kind of like the Pelicans, especially with the addition of Rudy Gobert. I think that this team is gonna need some time to gel. Gobert's gonna improve their defense tremendously, but do I trust Anthony Edwards or, or Carl Anthony Towns to be a number one scoring option just yet on a contending team? No, I don't think so. And I also have some um, question marks about the depth on their team. I mean, there's a lot of question marks with D'Angelo Russell, what type of Russell we're going to get this year. I think they still have solid players again with Kyle Anderson, who they brought in. Jane McDaniel is going to be a solid player for them. Austin Rivers, Jordan McLaughlin, Brent Forbes. All these guys, they're all gonna um, they're all gonna get meaningful minutes on this team. Nasrid as well. I didn't I want to shout him out because he's a solid backup, but they're gonna need a year to kind of put things together and truly see like if this team is like a contender contender. I think I think Edwards can reach that level. I think that town can take his game to another level as well. I just don't think this year is gonna be the year. That's why I have him as a year or two away. They're still pretty young. I mean, besides Gobert, they're still this team is like relatively young, all around. So they have time, but I don't think this year is going to be the year they're going to be contending just yet. They're going to be a tough out no matter who they face in the playoffs, but I still think, again, they are a year or two away. Moving on to if all goes right. And again, there's going to be this one team that people are going to be like, oh, why do you have him in this, this, and that? Look, it's my list. And also, again, if all goes right, if all goes right. First, the three teams I have here, you know, I'm just going to go with them one, one, one by one. First team, the Dallas Mavericks. A lot of people are very excited for this team, and the biggest reason why I have them in all fall goes right is because Luka Doncic is, that, is just that guy. He is just that guy. He is one of the best players in the league, in my opinion, a top three player in the league. And I think that he might have like one of those like he's Duke. I'm not gonna say do, but like, he has the potential of pulling off one of those Dirk type runs going to the NBA Finals. Now the West is completely stacked, and it's gonna be a really really tough task. But Luka Doncic is just that kind of a player. I could see it happening. They do have like a team around him, which I think like fits his play style more. And Tim Hardaway Jr., Spencer Dinwiddie, who's probably gonna come off the bench. Um, they have Bertans, Dorian Finney-Smith, Max Kleber, Christian Wood, who I think is gonna be a really good addition for this team. Javale McGee. I think that this is a team built for Luka, Luka Doncic, and I think that they're gonna have a very, very good season. But 
do I trust him to make like a finals East Western Conference finals run, especially with how many great teams are there in the West? Not really. But again, if all goes right, Luka Doncic is such a good player that he he could possibly like do it on his own. But it's highly highly doubtful. Again, I think like they could they could also be taken down by like a Pelicans, Timberwolves, or Grizzlies team. But if all things go right, like I said, the Dallas Mavericks, Luka Doncic can get to the finals, and they could put up a fight just because Luka Doncic is just that great of a generational player. I think they can they can have a chance just because of him. Next team I want to talk about is the Denver Nuggets. I was so so close to putting up two contenders, but I just think that expecting Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. to put up like their second op second and third option type numbers right right away is a bit too much to ask. Next season, put all the pressure on them that you want, but right now I'm gonna give them a bit of a leeway because of the people coming back from injury. I still think it's a really good team. You have Jamal Murray, you have KCP, you have um. Good, good again. More surrounding good pieces in Aaron Gordon. You have um, Bruce Brown, which is going to be a great addition. Bones Highland, hopefully he gets better. I think this is a very good team. Um, and honestly, again, this is why they're on this list. If it all goes right, they can make the finals and possibly win a championship, especially with how good Luka Nikola said Luka Nikola Jokic is. But I just don't think they're on that level of the next three teams above them right now. So I have the Nuggets. If all goes right. But they are basically like right on the border of true contenders, in my opinion. They're that close. And then this team, I don't want to talk about it too much. Um, the, the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> the Lakers, yes. I'm going to put them here. Um, I mean, it's LeBron. It's AD. <sighs> if everyone could follow, do your thing. It could can, can happen. It could happen. Is it, is it, am I highly doubtful of it? Yes. But again, if all goes right, the Lakers will be back in the finals. I mean, that's their goal, right? That is their goal. Do I think they have the pieces to do so? Probably not. But if all goes right, you have LeBron James, you have Anthony Davis at their best. Honestly, if they're at their best, they're both top five players. <laughs> they're both top five players in the league, and that should be enough to potentially move you into the NBA Finals. Now, injuries, team fit, is those are those issues? Yes. And you have a first-year head coach in Dar Darvin Ham. Those are a lot of issues to, to think about. And honestly... There's a very big chance that the, te that the teams like in the tier below, like the Pelicans, the Timberwolves, the Grizzlies, honestly, even the, the Blazers, can knock them out of the play and or even the playoff spot. But if all things go right, the Lakers could be in the finals. I'm just going to put them there. They're kind of like the Brooklyn Nets of this, but even they're like a <laughs> tier below the Brooklyn Nets. They have a chance. They have a chance. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. But LeBron and Anthony Davis said if they're healthy, they're playing at their best, could be enough. Could be. Let's move on to the true contenders, and there are three true contenders I have here in the West. Um, we have the Warriors, the Clippers, and the Suns. Let's talk about the Clippers first because they're the team that I have the most questions about, mostly due to health. But we've seen a healthy Kawhi in the playoffs being able to just drag teams to the NBA Finals. And this team is probably one of the deepest teams he's ever played with, with um, Nicholas Batum. I can go on and on with the team, honestly, with the guard rotation of Reddy Jackson and John Wall. You have Batum, Brandon Boston is a solid player, Luke Kennard, Norm Powell, um, Amir Coffey is solid, Covington, Zubaj. I can go on and on. Of course, Paul George is on that team, Terrence Mann, Marcus Morris. Man, that's a lot of like solid NBA players. Now, the only question mark I have for this team is their center position because Pasavika Zubac, you have Moses Brown, and I just don't think that he's like going to be like the center you want to be you know, starting if Zubac does go down. But they're a really good team, and they have one of the best coaches in the league in Tyron Lue. So 
they have a chance. They really do believe they have a chance. The injuries are the only thing that's really going to be holding them back. And maybe just trying to figure out these rotations because you want to have all these guys playing. But again, there's just so many minutes that can go around. So that might be an issue. But it's a good issue to have. This is a really good team. And you have like probably a top three playoff performer when healthy in Kawhi Leonard. So that makes some trial contenders. And you, of course, have a borderline top ten player in Paul George. I think they're going to have a ch- chance coming into the season. The next thing we want to talk about is the Phoenix Suns, and really my only concern for them is kind of just the outside, like kind of like the relationships in the locker room. I mean, apparently the vibes were absolutely horrible in the in media day, but they're still getting wins in the preseason. I don't know how this the whole DeAndre Aiden saga is going to end. Like, is he going to get traded in January, and what is he going to get? Tra- what's going to be given back to the Phoenix Suns? We'll have to wait and see. But really, this is title or bust for them because Chris Paul isn't getting any younger. Yes, Devin Booker is going to be a long part of their long-term future, but this is probably going to be the last great year you're going to have a Chris Paul, if if he even has a great year. We still have to wait and see. But Phoenix, I think, has a good... This We've known this team that can, can make the finals. We know it can, but there's just a lot of just like team turmoil right now. I just kind of like don't trust it. But if they're all clicking, they can make another finals run. That's how good this team is. I mean, you still got Tamron Payne on that team, Landry Shamit. Um, they brought in Damon Lee, who I think can play some minutes. Tory Craig. They still have Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson. Starch is back from injury. I think they have a nice like roster, and again, a very good coach in Monty Williams. I just it's just like hard to trust this team. Um, I just I mean I can trust this team. It's just like how it's gonna how is this team gonna look by the trade deadline, like past that, because that's gonna be their championship winning roster. What's it gonna look like? But if they can figure things out. If they can, you know, push whatever feeling, bad feelings they have to the side and try to focus on their one goal, which is the championship, they can win it. That's how good this team is. I, I, could, I trust them more than other teams, but a lot can change in these next few months. We just have to wait and see what they are. And, of course, the team I have here in True Contenders, Golden State Warriors, defending NBA champions. You you just cannot have any them anywhere but this. I would have them as the f- potential favorites in the West, Steph Curry, Clay, a full season of Clay, Draymond Green, um, here, another full year of Jordan Poole, and then hopefully their young guys in a Moody, Kaminga, and James Wiseman all provide meaningful minutes. Because if you look at that team as a whole, if all those guys are clicking, they can make another finals run. That's how that's how well this the Warriors have been built. They have kind of like each position pilled. I mean, yeah, they they lost guys like GP two and um, Otto Porter, who were key components to that finals run last year. But they're trusting in their developmental system. They also brought in guys like Dante DiVincenzo to play some nice backup guard minutes. And also um, Jermichael Green to play some you know forward minutes as well. So they're, they're going to be like solid pieces for them. But I just think that with this team, their pedigree, the history that they have, they're, 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 they're going to be like true title contenders. There's no really, there's no like arguing that. There can be something they're going to be mad at on my list, whether it's the Lakers, whether it's the Nets. But I think everyone is in unison know that the Warriors are going to be like one of the top contenders in the West for sure. That's why they're probably near the top of this list. But yeah, those are all my West, um, you know, playoff tier lists or contender tier lists. Let me know down below if you agree or disagree. Do I have some teams too high, some teams too low? I know that the Lakers are going to piss off a lot of people, but there's a chance. There's a chance. Last thing I have to do before I move out of this podcast or before I end today's episode 
is give my finals prediction. And this is going to be fun because there are a lot of different matchups I can see. I was debating back and forth, um, especially with the team in the West. I was kind of adamant on the team in the East. I was flipping back and forth between these two teams in the West. And I've decided, for me, the NBA Finals this year is going to be the two defending champions facing off against each other, the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Golden State Warriors. And I have the Bucks winning in six. Giannis, Giannis finals MVP for the second time in his career. I think the Bucks are, are going to be NBA champions this year. You know, it's not a flashy pick. Both teams are like, can very well, like, no one would be surprised if both these two teams finish, you know, come out the West representing them in the NBA finals. But these two teams are really, really good. <laughs> are very, very good. Elite teams, um, historically great teams on both ends on the court, defensively and offensively. I think they're going to put on a fire series in the playoffs. But at the end of the day, if these teams do face in the finals, Giannis is going to be a tough cookie to stop. <laughs> He's going to be a tough guy to stop coming down the lane. And if you have a healthy Middleton, a healthy Drew Holiday, hopefully both teams come into, come into that finals, finals series healthy, which honestly is probably unlikely because it's been a whole NBA season before that. But I think it's going to be a very good series. Again, Bucks versus Warriors NBA Finals. I have the Bucks winning in six. Giannis winning Finals MVP. Let me know down below who, what are your Finals predictions. Maybe you have someone else in the West coming out. I mean, literally, it was, for me in the West, it was between Warriors and the Clippers. And I want to be bold with the Clippers, but I, I can't trust. I mean, the Clippers are going to Clipper. They might Clipper out. So that's why I don't have them there. But yeah, Bucks versus Warriors. I, think, I don't think anyone's going to be mad if that is the NBA Finals matchup that we get. But yeah, I think this is the end of today's episode. Thank you guys for watching and listening. Remember to show love on all the podcast channels. Like, share, and subscribe. And hit the, and hit the notification bell if you are on YouTube. And remember to follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok for updates on the podcast and for other great content. Um, next week, I'm going to be uploading another episode going through the first week of the NBA season, overreacting <laughs> to what has gone on so far because that's what we do over here. I'm going to be coming out with that probably... Again, I'm not going to put myself to a schedule, but sometime early next week, probably like a Monday or a Tuesday. So be on the lookout for that. And honestly, this year, I'm going to try my very best to do um, daily TikTok up, up, um, uploads, maybe to the Instagram as well. Just even short videos. Um, that's like my goal for the season. Like Even though I'm not going to be as active because I'm going to be very busy with school, I'm going to try to still give you that little TikTok um, daily upload, even if it's a quick video, this and that. I'm going to try and get, you those guys, um, get those videos out to you guys. I get thank you guys for all the support. Hope you have a fantastic day. Take it easy, guys. This is TV signing out. Peace.